It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. Putting some money on, but then again, superstar, and uh, maybe his presence will try to bring something in. But Vince McMahon tried that once, and it, that didn't work either. Tried it twice. Well, you're right. <laughs> XFL 1 and 2. First down. Joining us from the Turf District is Andrew. And Andrew, welcome back to the show. It's your once a month tour. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Hey, it's uh, it's nice of you to keep bringing me back to uh, chat whatever kind of football we can possibly drag up to talk about. That is the uh, key question that I think we've been sort of kicking at for weeks now is... Is there going to be a season? Is there not? And given that another deadline passed, do we worry about it? Or do we think mid-August was always the deadline anyway? Well, I do think that, I don't know, I can see both sides, but I am going to say that I know when all of this started, when when COVID started and we had to go into the lockdown period and all those types of things, in my position at work I know we were talking about well do we need to make changes do we need to you know reduce staff do we like what what are we all going to do and and the same kind of thing happened where it was like okay well let's assess at the end of this week okay so now our deadline was the following Thursday then we're going to assess at that point and then our deadline moved to the follow so I think when you're trying to make things better or trying to find what the best solution is, especially in a system where things are changing so rapidly still, you're going to come up against a few things where there are going to be some delays. So I I would like to say, I would still like to see football. I, I mean, I'd love to see that. On the other hand, with cases now all going back up and, and we're seeing it kind of in a lot of places where there are some less regard for rules, shall we say, in some areas, um, th- there is a worry for me too because I'm I'm not only a fan of these guys playing on the field, but I, I'm a fan of a lot of them as people. And I don't really want to put them in a place that isn't safe. So... If they're going to do something, they better make sure they're doing it properly. There is so much anxiety, it seems, over the fact that there hasn't been a decision taken one way or the other. Now, as you as you indicate, it's a complex issue and, and it's a moving target at the same time. So Absolutely. when you've got those two elements coming together... Do people need to get this uptight all the time about whether or not there's an announcement on Friday the 31st? Or do we just sit back, take a breath, and just let these people do their jobs, and then we'll find out when we find out? They're, truthfully, what else can we do? Well, and we can't do anything. <laughs> like, really, that's what it comes down to. Uh, we can sit back and, and keep all of everything that we have to have crossed, and hopefully that something is going to happen. But... I really do think that I can understand the players being very anxious because if it's me and I'm not working and I'm not getting paid and I have things that I need to look after for my family, yeah, of course I'm going to be a little anxious about what's going on. What are we going to do? So I, I can understand some of that. On the other hand, 
taking a step back to look at the bigger picture to say, okay, why is it that we're waiting? Well, we're waiting to see what happens on the federal government assistance side. That's not something that's just going to be sped along. (laughs) So I think there needs to be a little bit of understanding on both sides. And I do think that both sides are not completely without fault either. There's, There's going to be issues throughout the whole thing. Well, the last that I've heard is that the CFL is looking for a a 30 million loan interest free. I don't know Correct. from where exactly. I don't know if it's this new, um, what's it called? Business credit availability program where they guarantee loans through private institutions or how this is going to come to be. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I haven't really heard a whole lot about it other than the fact that they had another government source that they were going to for the 30 million, which they had revised again from the 42 to try and just get to the the base minimum of how do we get through, you know, the possibility of having a shortened season of some kind. I It's funny though, because it's always like, well, this deadline passed. Well, maybe that deadline was for the decision from one part of the government. Then there's another deadline. Then that deadline passes because there's a decision from a different part of the government. And now we're on another deadline because we're in a different part once again. So I think um, it's hard because everyone gets their hopes up thinking, okay, we're going to we're gonna hear an announcement. I think more and more people are kind of going, well, maybe this just isn't safe. And that's the reason they can't get there. Or is it that we just can't secure that other funding. And if we don't have the other funding, there's no point in doing the season where we're just going to lose even more money than if we didn't play the season. So I think all of those things are getting weighed right now. You've got three teams, community-based. They don't have other revenue streams. You've got six private owners. There's a little bit of antipathy, if you want to call it that, just in their practicality of their positions, because these guys have revenue streams that maybe are affected but still exist where the three that are community-based it's football or nothing yeah absolutely absolutely and so then the idea is are we going to be able to do anything and and what other creative things are we going to have to do to try and get that bottom line somewhat reasonable and and i say reasonable because i don't think that there's a lot of places that are going to be turning profits this year but there are going to be ones that could be making it a reasonable loss it, does that happen with the way like playing in a bubble does that work i i honestly don't know i know when i was listening to your guys's show from last week i agree at the fact that the city that gets the hub can really help their local economy does that help the teams? And I, I don't know how they're how they divvy all those things up. I think you're right. Winnipeg itself will recoup its investment. The league itself, it's going to be a loss no matter what. I think when you look at a loan, you're trying to take that loss and spread it out, as it uh, were, absolutely. because you're making payments over the years as opposed to all taking the hit right now. Yeah, you're just trying to prorate it, right? You're just prorating your loss over a longer period of time, which is very common in a business. <laughs> you want to prorate out so that you can survive over the longer term. And, and the idea is to come back stronger and find ways to uh, increase the other revenue. So that way, then you can repay that and still recover and, and be better than where you were before. And that that goes back to a conversation we had two shows ago when I was on. I mean, I, I don't think CFL 2.0 was such a bad idea. The idea behind it was to try and 
find ways to get other streams of revenue that weren't reliant on people sitting in the stands. And they're going to have to look at things like that to try and stretch this out so that we can repay that loan and still stay viable. It kind of goes back, and I've referred to this in prior episodes, to Michael Lisko, who seemed to have a sense of what was required of the CFL. It's basically you're selling scarcity. The league, the entity outside of the owners, is to find revenue streams. You get 25000 maybe that's your goal for every home date. But in the in-between times or on the bad rainy days, you need some other revenue stream to help you out. I'm convinced that gambling is going to be one of those streams. Totally agree. That stream probably could have been there earlier, I would think. You look at the TSN CFL Fantasy League that they have, and that's one where, I mean, how many people were playing that? Tons. Now, granted, not all of us are putting money in on it or anything like that, but a lot of people enjoy playing, and, and it totally engages you in the game as well, because I know I was watching weeks and I'm cheering for Gino Lewis out of Montreal because I was able to fit him on my roster. Usually would I even watch a Montreal Toronto game? Probably not, but now I'm going to because I, I want to see Gino get me some points. I think there is some true benefits there and I'm, I'm hoping that they can find some way to tap into that. Rod Peterson show interviewed somebody from DraftKings and the question came about, what does the CFL mean to your overall financial structure? And they said they noticed when the league was operating normally Friday nights, not a lot else going on, but there was a big uptick in CFL betting. That isn't an indication enough that there is a pool out there that wants to bet on Canadian football. Then what is? Yeah, absolutely. There used to be a website and it was called Fantasy three years ago now, I think. F A N. T-A-S-E-H. And it was true head-to-head fantasy football. So you'd have 10 guys and you would pick all of, you would pick your guys and those would be your guys for the season and you could trade and they had, and but every week you'd go head-to-head against another guy. Now that is true fantasy football that they have made a killing with in the NFL. And why the CFL never had that, I didn't understand. These guys had everything ready to go. CFL, all, all they had to do was come in and support it. I think it would have been huge. I, I think you can find ways to put those things in. You're get, there is a draw, absolutely. Betting seems to be the new wave. It's been there always. Now that you have it formalized, the CFL, I, I know, has petitioned to get in on the cut. And, mm-hmm. and maybe on DraftKings, every time you bet on a Canadian Football League game, doesn't matter what the parameters are, but right. 1% or something like that goes back to the CFL. Well, if there's millions going back and forth, that's hey. not going to be a bad payday for the CFL. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, take that and divide it by 10. That's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take whatever extra I can get, right? Yeah, well, and I know there's lots, I mean, I've heard of this before too, where I can't remember which league it was, but they were talking about there was basically play-by-play betting. You could bet if they were going to run the ball this play or, or throw the ball, or you could bet, is this guy going to run? Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, the, the level of intense betting, but people people want it. Like, yeah. Prop bets. Basically constant prop bet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And these guys could be huge football fans, but they're probably bigger betting fans. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
<laughs> some, some are. Yeah, some are. Yeah, yeah, some are both. If you can attract that to you, some people will be afraid and say, wait a minute, what about the integrity of the game? But if the betting goes back and forth, there's really not a concern. Well, I think the other part of it is too, is you, you look at guys that are so into betting on the NFL or the college football or any of those things. You can't tell me that if the CFL starting up in the spring that they wouldn't be like, hey, well, there's another place where I can throw some bets and it's football and I kind of like football. You can't tell me that that wouldn't happen to some degree. Second down. and play along with our CFL trivia. It's trivia time. And Pat is in now for trivia. Woohoo! Biggest woohoo on podcast media. <laughs> Probably the only one. Oh, there be a... There be a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a few out there. There be a thought. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know if you can search to find out who does the woohoo on podcasts, but <laughs> that would be funny. Maybe other people edit theirs out. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, there we go. Why would you, though? Well, it can be. It's a positive thing. As long as you score more than zero out of four, it can be positive. <laughs> hey, that's only happened once in my recollection. Yeah. I'm hoping to repeat last week's uh, showing. Three, three of four, is uh, that's a great target. If I could do that consistently, I'd be... Three out of four. Lucky. Because <laughs> I don't know that much. <laughs> you know more than you think. Let's get at her. Question one. Between them, Hamilton and Winnipeg have appeared in 46 Grey Cups, with the Blue Bombers appearing in 25. Okay. Which of the following statements is true? Okay. A. Hamilton has never beaten Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. B. Winnipeg has twice as many wins versus Hamilton in this series. C. Hamilton never lost a Grey Cup to Winnipeg until 1961. D, both teams have losing records in the Grey Cup. Well, uh, D's, D's intriguing, but I, I don't know how you do that. And this is, you're talking D is against each other. They both have losing records. No, nope, that's overall. Okay. Well, that's what I was thinking. That's not going to, that's not going to work. You can't, you can't have both losing records against each other. Yeah, it's... It's a bit of an ambiguous reference. My apology. Um, you know what? My, my, my first thought was B, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with B. Your answer is B, and the correct answer is D. It was? Oh, okay. Wow. Both teams have losing records in the Grey Cup. <laughs> both teams are both under 500. Out of, out of that many times, right? Like That's a lot. That is unbelievable. Wow. 25 times the Bombers have been in the Grey Cup, 21 for the Ticats. Moving along. Question two. Calgary won in its first two Grey Cup appearances, despite the fact these appearances were two decades apart. True or false? I'm going to say true. It's only a guess. 50-50. It is. And the answer is... False. Stampeders won in 48 and in 71, but in between they lost in 68. There you go. It's hard to believe that Calgary was out of the running for two decades. That's a long time. 
you look back at the Stampeders since 2000 and yeah. you think that's just incomprehensible. But yep, that's the way it was. In fact, from 71 until the 90s, the Stamps were out of the Grey Cup again. Yeah, and that's hard to believe too, isn't it? Yeah, and they had some good, good teams in that mix, but they just couldn't get... Well. All right, we're over. Uh-oh. Over so far. <laughs> Let's hope that changes in this one. Yeah, I thought for sure you were going to get that one. 50-50. Yeah. Uh, well, you're still on the... You still have a chance for 50-50. I had a chance, yep. Question three. How did the Blue Bombers get their nickname? A. In a comparison to Joe Lewis. B. In honor of the 17th Wing Command Air Base in Winnipeg. C. After Labatt's Brewery's Labatt's Blue. D. There is no record of how the team chose its name. A fire in 1938 destroyed the club's archives. I'm going to say B. After a bombing crew. B. In honor of 17th Wing Command Air Base in Winnipeg. It is. So your choice is B. And the answer is A. Which was? In comparison to Joe Lewis. Oh, wow. Here's the backstory. Winnipeg Tribune writer Vince Lee compared the team, this would be the 1936 team, I believe, to the fighter Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber. The team wore blue, thus the name Blue Bombers. Labatt's Blue was named after the team in 1951. Labatt's was a supporter of the team. Hmm. Wow. That's great history. That's pretty cool. I would not have thought the team was named after a boxer. Kind of an homage, and yeah. Joe Lewis was an amazing person. Prior to that, Don, what was the team name? The Pegs. We've been through that in this trivia before, and you got that answer right. Yep, got to remember. Okay. <laughs> just for our listeners who maybe just added in. Oh, okay, right. Yes, we, we, well, they can always go back and listen to every episode. Hint, hint, hint. They sure could. Question four. Which of the current CFL quarterbacks has played for both BC and Toronto? A. James Franklin B. McLeod Bethel-Thompson C. Trevor Harris D. Cody Fajardo D. Cody Fajardo Answer is D, and the correct answer is D, Cody Vajardo. Woo, one for four. I broke my offer. <laughs> Woo, getting a little nervous there. <laughs> I sure was. <laughs> Fajardo made the tour, uh, Toronto, BC, Saskatchewan in three years. Yep, yep. So, James Franklin has never played for BC. McLeod Bethel-Thompson never played for BC. Trevor Harris never played for BC, <laughs> so... Yep. Yeah, it took the process of elimination, but, uh, you know, the ones that are current, I'm on top of. I got those ones. <laughs> or at least that one. <laughs> <laughs> Any way that you can deduce an answer from a question yep. is viable and worth the try. I, I, had, I had to think. I was, I was running through everyone thinking Bethel Thompson, no. Harris, no. Franklin, I don't think so. So... And I knew uh, after thinking about it, Fajardo started in BC before moving over to Toronto, right? Got one right. Well, and you think of Fajardo's track, those other teams, he was the third down quarterback, basically diving over the line of scrimmage. And an injury to yep. Zach Kolaris, and he is thrust into a 
spot where he was expected to start. And absolutely fantastic 2019. He did. We'll see how he does the next season. If he's a one-shot wonder or is he able to continue that? That's a great question. My sense of it is, is that if you look back at the track of quarterbacks in this league, it's about a 50-50. Yep. You've got a Casey Printer type that had one amazing year and couldn't really duplicate it. And you've got other quarterbacks like Lancaster and Wilkinson and yep. Warren Moon, who once they got here, they just kept going. Yep, yep, absolutely. And and Darren Durant, others. Yeah. You know, a new offensive coordinator that could factor into that as well. Very true. Well, we'll hope that in 2020 we find out, but if not, 2021 it is. You bet. Remember, for proper physical distancing, if you're close enough to shake hands, you're too close. The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. Make sure you stay back at least two yards to maintain proper physical distancing. Third down. Dwayne Johnson and company have put up 15 mil for what was the XFL, getting their rights, I guess. Uh, They still have to go through bankruptcy court to see if they have to pay any more, minimally 10, maybe maximally 50, because there are other creditors from the previous enterprise that still need to be paid. And I'm thinking in American law that once you assume the rights, you assume the debts. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Absolutely. Um, kind of neat, though. I mean, a guy that is well known in the public um, has played foot- football for a short while way back when. And uh, he always talked about his love for the game. He did two football movies with Disney. So <laughs> I mean, he's got, uh, you know, between the game plan and Gridiron Gang. So it, there's there's no lack of attachment to the game. If him and his business partners think that there's a way that they can make that viable, then why wouldn't you take a shot at it? Well, uh, I'll put this out there. WFL, Continental Football League, the USFL, the AAF, the first XFL, the second XFL. Nobody's made it. Now, the second XFL, was it solely because of COVID? No, I don't think so. Because I don't... don't, Prior to COVID, like its numbers were dropping every week. Just like the AAF did. It was the exact same pattern, almost. And by by week, whatever it was, five, six, four, I don't know what it was, the ratings, I think, were chopped in half by that time already. And it would be, and I totally get that. I think, though, that they went in with the assumption that they were going to have declining numbers over the first year to two years and then watch it build. Because remember, and I said this when it started, was that... It, some some of it was very difficult football to watch, but it was truly watching eight expansion teams, all trying to learn the game, all trying to learn how to play in it. They, they're try- You know how there is a difference between a guy where you can see him and go, that guy would have a ton of success in the CFL, but he won't have as much success in the NFL because it's a different type of player. And the XFL was just getting to that spot where it's like, okay, here is the the kind of guy that will succeed in this particular league because of the way that they play. And so that takes time to get enough of those guys together 
and I don't know that you can ever really say a league has a, a shot or not until you see a championship because more people are attracted to a playoff series, a, a playoff game, a playoff atmosphere that tends to drag more people in to say, okay, let's see what happens. And then, oh, now I, I kind of like this. And then they want to see what, ha- what happens, right? So the, the problem with that was, and, and to a degree in the AAF, although I really, I don't think they changed the rules. Like it wasn't a different enough game where I thought the XFL was a different enough game. Some of it good, some of it, uh, but... <laughs> It's um, it was a different enough game that it was like, oh, well, this is just something different to watch. And I could see how people could turn around to start going, well, you know what, that that's something that I could have found. It's never was never going to be as huge as the NFL, but could it have been that medium size? Yeah, I think it possibly could have. And it just depends on how the rest of it was run. But I just think that there's a shot where if you gave it time to get players to kind of figure out and coaches to figure out this is how this game needs to be played then it it could have been interesting it might have had legs without covid it's uh, no one can absolutely say for certain just given the track record uh, you know american football league is about the only upstart league that has survived and even it got absorbed by the nfl or merged with the nfl right it's just not a great track record and we see it about once every 10 to 15 years Somebody else comes along and thinks they've got the formula that's going to do it. The WFL had championships. They had playoffs and championships. The True. USFL did as well. The right. big mistake with the USFL was its move to directly compete with the NFL, which was just an absolute asinine notion. Absolutely. Abs- and that's what I'm saying, right? Is if you the, the USFL could have been successful if it stayed where it was, if it knew its place. But it decide like that sounds horrible when I say it that way. <laughs> if you knew your place, no. But I mean, it, but, I mean, but you do have to know your market. Yeah, absolutely. You have to know how, how you're going to succeed. They tried to shoot outside of their zone, and as soon as you do that, a certain president in the United States that really yeah. is behind all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well aware of that. Yeah, but uh, the. Uh, so yeah, Rex, another great thing. I, I so I think that that could have been that could have probably still have been around if it had stayed in its own lane. You even look at the CFL. We stayed as that. So, now, granted, part of that is because we're in we're in Canada and we don't want to freeze to death in the middle of uh, you know December January. But we stayed as that summer league, and and it always had that place. It had a better place to be, and then when it hits September, as the NFL is starting, we're hitting Labor Day, and we're hitting the big stride for the push for the playoffs and all the excitement that happens with that. So, And it stayed in that zone and did okay with that, right? Well, it's also quite a different game. Oh, compl- that, absolutely. Other than the fact that it's football and you're trying to score touchdowns. It's totally different, yes. And, and that's what I was saying, right? The XFL did enough different things that it was, okay, that's that's interesting to watch instead of just, oh, okay, it's the same thing, but just in spring instead of the fall. I could manage, I didn't watch much of it, but I could manage a few things that they did, but that kickoff business was, to me, just, <laughs> it was like a turkey shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I w- I'll give that. Um one of the things that I really, I really liked, although I didn't see it as much, but I, I love the idea for a uh, one, two or three point convert. Like I thought that was really kind of neato. 
there was a chance just if they had that time to build those certain guys that I think it would have been okay. I don't think it would have been a huge success. I just think it would have been okay. So I was going to say, so The Rock buying it, I can see, I mean, obviously he still has a lot of things he has to deal with before there's any type of idea of football. Maybe he saw that little bit there too, that that was just exciting enough that, okay, if we didn't have to worry about shutting everything down because we can't have any fans, <laughs> maybe maybe we can make this somewhere in the middle. Well, it's a cheaper buy-in than getting a CFL franchise or definitely getting an NFL franchise. I mean, $15 million for an entire league? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Now, granted, like you said, there could be another fifty million in there. But I, even even at that, sixty-five million for an entire league—that's it's not not horrible if you can make it turn around and work. Probably twenty times that to buy an NFL franchise. Oh, I would have to think so. I I have no idea, but I would assume so. If you if you want to have football in the states, you. <laughs> choices either buy an nfl franchise or pick up the xfl and <laughs> pick up a different league and see what you do <laughs> let's try this sure because if you think about it you talked about staying in your own lane and i think you've hit the nail on the head the nfl is for the ultra rich oh the yeah NFL, by rule you have to be a family that owns a team you can't have a corporation do it the xfl can get around that and so can the cfl right but it's a, it's a different tier of ownership that's required in either scenario. You don't have to be a multi-billionaire to be a CFL owner. It helps, but it, yeah, you don't sure. have to be. Same with the XFL, but you have to be in the NFL. There's no way around it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah there, you wouldn't be able to survive otherwise. I mean, you look at Buffalo right now. I think they're talking about a, a new stadium. And mm-hmm. the NFL is putting pressure on... Mm-hmm. the city to do something about it or the state to do something about it. I mean, that's, you don't get that kind of pressure in, in the CFL for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Otherwise we would never have to sit at McMahon. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> well, <There you> go. <laughs> it's not on. the worst place in the world to sit. Yes, yes, it is. It really? is absolutely the worst place in the world. Really? Yeah, that is not a comfortable, oh, it's, what a, no. It's not comfortable. Are you are you in the the bucket seats or are you up on the benches? Well, that it, does does it matter? Yeah. No, because I I will say that I watched three games there last year, and I had the bucket seats for two of them. They were the Labor Day game and the regular season game that the Edmonton football team played down there. The, like the, it's um, now granted, I, I I understand that I'm spoiled where I sit at Commonwealth, the chairs are big, there's a ton of space, it's all these types of things, right? But And, and the bucket seats weren't bad, but they're super tight together. And they're the old, they're all the old ones, right? Um, but then in the Grey Cup, I sat on one of the benches, and let me tell you, it it's it's just Sardineville. Like, it's... And, and you don't, you can't see, like if somebody, the if there's an excited fan in front of you, you can forget it. You're not going to see anything. They're just going to stand the whole game because it's not comfortable to sit and then you can't see anything. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I understand that you can go and it has excellent sight lines, but it's just not comfortable to sit in as far as I'm concerned. Old Taylor Field used to be the same way. You, everything was bench seating all over the place. Yeah. See, and 
See, and then they changed it, and now it's wonderful, right? Now I've never, I've never been to the new one yet, but but the difference between Saskatchewan and Alberta is Alberta has several professional franchises that want stadiums, <laughs> yes. and Saskatchewan has one. That's a big difference, and I know that the 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 Flames ownership and the Stampeders, uh, they do not want the stamps to be lost out of any sort of new development if it comes for the Flames no. either. So no, I, they I, don't, I'm but... kind of a fan. Like where McMahon is is fantastic. I think sure. maybe you could play out a year somewhere else or whatever, but gut the stadium and rebuild it. Oh, I, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I'd be, I'd, I would, to- I could totally get behind that. Yeah, there, there, there's a reason that <laughs> not many people enjoy watching a game there. It's just other than grand. Molson, I think it's the oldest stadium in the league. Oh, I thought it was the oldest, isn't it? Uh, I don't. Well, is Molson older? Oh, I'm not sure, but I thought I thought Calgary's was, but it's the it's the oldest with a it's the oldest without a renovation because Molson at least Percival has had renovations done. Well, right. Well, Calgary has two, but minor, and they and it's been a long time. Yeah, not seats. Yeah, eighty eight, yeah. I guess, in the Olympics probably right. would be the last right. time. Like I would love to see Calgary in a better stadium. I don't. Uh, I've heard yes. proposals for having a roof over it. Get away from the roof. Just no, no. Just keep just, the roof out of it. Cover the stands with a roof, fine. Just, but leave yeah, the but, players in the elements. The football's an outdoor sport. Well, just just give me a seat that I fit in. That's all I care about. That's an actual seat and not a bench. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've been yeah, I've been fair. to Edmonton quite a few times. I've been to Calgary quite a few. It's yeah. more comfortable to sit at Commonwealth, I'll be honest. But go. I do like watching games at McMahon. There's a it's a cool yeah. atmosphere there. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I I love the sight lines um, in a lot of the seats. I I would just like a little more comfort because <laughs> maybe I'm a baby when it comes to football fans. <laughs> oh no! So we've we've discussed the temperature of the players. Like Vernon Adams is saying, "Hey, let's be positive. Let's hope for a good result." And you get other players like Tony Washington, same team, saying, "What are these guys doing?" Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've seen it all over the map. The one though that kind of jumped, and I know it's he's on my team, so that helps. Armando Sewell, I thought he said it really well because he said the last time he's going to speak about CFL and CFLPA, and he said one. Business is business when it comes to the CFL. As players, we understand that. And two, CFLPA, you're supposed to protect us when business is business with the CFL, and you're equally to be blamed for this BS. So he says that both sides are just not doing what they're supposed to do. And I I think that's like I was saying off the top. It's like, yes, there's frustration, but I think there's a bit of both sides haven't done everything really right, and both sides haven't done everything poorly i think it's kind of a matter of they're both doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing and they're both doing things that they really need to get better at (laughs) so but i I think there is some progress i just wish that they could just talk about we talked about this before just talk about it and keep it off of social media and all that other stuff totally agree i mean imagine there's tremendous pressure on ramsey and elamimian from the players as much as the way the media and some fans are dumping all over Ambrosi. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and there's lots of people who are definitely jumping on the Ambrosi train, um, the 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 beat down Ambrosi train. I will say he's he hasn't done everything perfectly, 
I don't know that any particular commissioner has, but I think in the matter of all of these things and him trying to secure something that's coming from something he has no control over uh, with the government and trying to make sure that that'll work. I mean, uh, there's some things absolutely he could have done better, but overall, I, I, I don't think that he's like steering it specifically into the ground like people are talking about. No, I don't think so either. I, he's, he's tried to keep everything quiet from the ownership group. Braley was basically right. the last one that really spoke out about anything, and that was some time ago now. Uh, you're not only their employee, but they're, you're their leader. And so you have yeah. to give them guidance about what you need to do during these types of situations, just as Ramsey has to do with the membership and in the uh, CFLPA side. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. There's, there's There has to be balance. And and uh, I've, I've never been a huge fan of the battling with unions, so that's always a tough thing for me. But it'd be nice if they could just find a way to say, okay, guys, like we're all we're in, we're all in this together. Let's find a way to make this work to the best of our abilities. And, and part of that is we need to get these few steps in place. One of the things that has been proposed, and I think is probably amenable, is that if they don't play this year, the CFL has said, your contract is your contract. So if if you are going to be a free agent at the end of 2020, you are still going to be a free agent. Yeah, I thought I heard that. Now, there that was still in, I thought it wasn't confirmed. I thought that was what they were going in with in the negotiation uh, for the CBA side of things. But yes, I did hear that that would be the case. And, and I, to a degree, I... I I can agree with that. That you only have so many years to play football. You can't rob a guy of a chance to make a buck in free agency, and or you could be like Darrell Walker and hold out and now have no bucks, <laughs> no anywhere, right? So free agency does not guarantee you to go and and get a bigger contract in a better spot. I mean, if you really were dedicated to your team then if you were going to be a free agent and you didn't play this year, then maybe that's an easy re-sign for that GM. Well, I wonder too, security is a wonderful thing. And if the players would be given the option to say, no, if we don't play this year, I want my contract to go into 2021 anyway. There was never a 2020. So we just skip it in my contract. Yeah. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be great if they gave that the players that option? Because it always seems like the player doesn't have any control over that contract at all. Wouldn't it be neat to, to be able to say, yeah, okay, 2020 didn't happen and you guys have an opportunity. You can choose. You can go to free agency or you can decide to carry it over. I, I think that would be a show of great faith. I think so too. I think that for a lot of players, they would probably welcome that. Granted, there's going to be some angst over getting to 2021 because obviously Correct. there is no salary associated with this. But notwithstanding that, at least you've got that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow out there. You just have to hope for COVID to be in the back burner by 2021 with vaccines or something. Something. Yeah, exactly. Some kind of plan, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think 2021, regardless, the CFL is going to be back in stadiums. I just, I can't see them not being. Well, if they aren't, we have, we're having a completely different conversation. <laughs> well, if they aren't, yeah. the world is in a far worse state than it is today. Yeah, well, and and then the football is the least of our concerns, right? Precisely. So I'm an optimist. I believe that 2021 will be maybe not back to normal, but it will be a guarded normal. 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I sure hope so anyway, because uh, again, I would really, really love to be talking about uh, who's setting what passing records instead of, are we going to get money from the government? <laughs> I would I would really like to be rather be talking about stats. So in my mind, we're looking somewhere in the week of August 14th into August 21st, somewhere in those seven days. That's when either the announcement comes down, there's six games and playoffs, or we're waiting for 2021. I, I can't see them waiting any longer. Well, they, they can't really, because if, if the, the other report was true that they're looking at bringing in players by early to mid-September, you have to have a decision by mid-August to be able to give them time to get up and have their quarantine time and all those other things and before you even start training camp, right? So the, there is going to be a decision, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Well, truthfully, all these other soft or hard deadlines, whatever you want to call them, in my mind have meant nothing the only real one is that one in august when the wheels have to be in motion and and i wholeheartedly thought that was going to be the july 24th day and then the delay i was like oh okay well they're looking into other options and then the other delay and okay well maybe they're looking into other options and then you find out that there are other options so maybe that maybe there is different spots where they need to go to but i i have a I, I don't know i have a hard time with saying well yep we're all good to go i i don't know how they're going to pull it off well if there's a will there's going to be a way here's hoping thank you for listening to our show third down gamble is hosted on podbean Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching.